The Milburn Stone Theater presents an MST audio production of The Tsar and Tsaritsa, a dramatic interpretation of the personal letters of the last Tsar of Russia, Nicholas II, his wife, Tsaritsa Alexandra, and their families during the last era of the Romanov dynasty. As Alex undergoes a regime of treatments to improve her health following the guidance of Monsieur Philippe, a divorce sends shockwaves through the family. As the Romanovs recover and strive to strengthen their bond, Alex becomes pregnant once again, and the Tsar and Tsaritsa hope this child will be the heir to their empire. Alex Tazenia, October 14, 1901, Spala. Darling chicken, I have taken my 18th mud bath. I generally take it at 9.30 or 8, according to the plans of the day, then drink a cup of cocoa and rest an hour on my bed reading. Before dinner, I rest again for an hour. I was good and only began writing now. One has to be reasonable when one has four children and has not been well. Of course, now we are good. You're a tenderly devoted old hen. Nikki to Empress Marie, October 27th, 1901. Skernovice. Dearest, darling mama. I want to warn you of a terrible and unexpected event. Can you imagine? Ernie and Ducky want to divorce. Yes, divorce. We learned of this three days before our departure from Spala. Victoria wrote a long letter to Irene and Alex with extracts from Aunt Marie's letter to her. Well, in it, she explains that in her view, Ernie and Ducky's relationship has not worked that they were drifting further and further apart, and that in the end, divorce was the only solution? The whole thing has been decided, and all that remains for it is to be formalized officially between the Darmstadt and Coburg ministers. It's all so sad and awful. I cannot say how much I pity and suffer for my poor Alex. She's trying not to let her grief show. In such a case, the loss of someone close is better than their disgrace. Divorce. It's painful to think about the future for both of them. The poor little one. Empress Marie to Nikki. November 5th, 1901, Copenhagen. My dear sweet Nikki, I thank you with all my heart for your dear long letter from Skernovitsa which made me rejoice as always, although the contents were so terribly sad. Everything that you wrote about Ernie and Ducky upset me so much that I was even unable to sleep. It's simply awful and terrible to think about both their futures and the poor little one. I also feel so sorry for poor Alex, knowing how much she loves Ernie and how difficult and unpleasant it must be for her in every way. Yesterday I also received a very sad letter from Aunt Marie, who is, of course, in despair. But she says that they have not understood each other for a long time, and that the only way out is divorce. Oh, I completely agree with what you say in this instance, that the loss of someone near is preferable to the public disgrace of a divorce. I am always with you in my thoughts, and I hope to hear today that you have safely returned to Sarsko. Now it is time to end. I embrace you all tenderly, my dear children. Christ be with you. Your deeply loving Mama. 
Alex Dezenia, November 7, 1901, Zarsko Darling Chicken, It is with a very heavy heart that I write to you today. Yes, dear, it is true. Ducky wishes to be divorced, and in a few days, all will be finally settled. It nearly broke my heart when I got the news. It was so quite unexpected. I always hoped that in time, things would come right. It is too long and too painful to write about. They have parted friends, and each wrote to me saying of the other that they were the truest of friends and would always remain so. Only with her character, married life thus was impossible to continue. It is not for us to judge, though. It is an awful step they are taking. When we meet again, it will be easier to talk about than write. Only one thing I entreat of you, darling Xenia. Whenever you hear nasty gossip, at once put a stop to it, for their sakes and ours. They parted as their characters could impossibly get on together. That is enough for the public. Poor girl. She is utterly miserable now without a home, though he leaves her the sweet child. His home is desolate, and everything will remind him of her whom he still cares for. But I cannot write any more about it. You can think how we sisters who adore him and are very fond of her have suffered. But we must believe that always all is for the best. You will not judge them harshly, dear, my poor unhappy ones. A good kiss from your old hen. Ella to Nikki, April 3rd, 1902. Moscow. Darling boy, dearest child, let me call you so and let an old heart pour out all its prayers before you. You allowed me to say all that worries me and I once wrote to you, you remember. You gave me my cross back this time. A feeling of anguish came over me and as if the whole time and in the train I heard a voice saying it is too early, too early, he wants it still. And you, with your perfect delicacy, fear depriving me of a relic I cherish. Here, I send it back again, and wear it as long as you can. I feel calmer when you have it, and now you are in sore need in this time of hideous anguish. Sergei does not know of this letter. It will probably be unlogical and over-feminine, but I have picked other brains and kept my ears open, and as we hear much and through deeply clever, devoted people with experience and love for their sovereign and country, I thought, who knows, even a woman can be of use in heavy times. Nicky, dear, put an end to this time of terror. Forgive if I write straight out without phrases and look as if I were dictating. I don't expect you're doing what I say. I only put it so in case these ideas might be of use to you. I would have directly named your new minister. Every day your looks will do harm. Why not Pleva, who has experience and is honest? Don't be so gentle. All think you are wavering and weak. They no more speak of you as kind, and it makes my heart ache so too, too bitterly. I fear I must be cruel and say more. Look, dear. After Bogolopov's death, you took Vanovsky, and all were rejoiced he would be severe under your guidance. He fell under the influence of a bad man, and weakness was the result. Trepov was shot at, and shortly after, you changed your excellent, firm decision of Siberia. The impression looks like, again, giving in. You see now what I mean, and the bad party triumphs as they explain all so, and it looks so too. A firm decision counter-ordered is worse than none at all. It becomes fatal. And now this new sorrow. Oh, is it really not possible to judge such 
brutes with a drumhead court, and let all Russia know that such crimes are punished by death. If one wants no death as punishment, let the assassins begin by not killing. In case you think Sergei might be a help, perhaps one might write to him. Senior to Nikki, April 4th, 1902, Aitador. It's sad that you don't have a friend or someone close who would always be there to give good advice and generally be helpful and in whom you could have complete trust. Please don't be angry with me if I write openly, but I never manage to talk to you. Anyway, we see each other so seldom, so I am taking this opportunity to speak out at last. You talk to Mama so seldom, I know it upsets her. It seems to her that you avoid all conversation with her, so what happens is that she remains silent and takes everything until finally she can't stand it anymore and she tells you everything she has had on her chest for a long time. She's in such a rush, she doesn't manage to say everything. This does not satisfy her, so she waits for the next time. What I want to say is that you should talk to her yourself more often and in that way relieve both her and yourself. The only place you can see more of each other is Peterov, but it always seems to happen that you seldom see Mama alone. By the time you arrive, everyone is already sitting down and there can be no conversation. Once again, I ask you not to be cross. Everything that I have written comes straight from my heart, and I only wish you well. Alex Dezenia, April 4th, 1902. Sarsko Salo. Dear Chicken, I shall ask Mama to bring you these lines. You are enjoying the lovely Crimea, and we still have ice, but the sun warms already nicely. So it is true, and you are sure about yourself, so now I must confess the same thing. I know by your looks you have been thinking it was so, but I, on purpose, did not tell you. So is that when others ask, you can honestly say that you did not know. Now it begins to be difficult to hide. Don't write to Mother Dear, as I want to tell it to her when she returns next week. I feel so well, thank God. In August, my broad waist all winter must have struck you. Tender kisses from your old hen. Alex Tanicki, July 22, 1902, Peterhof. My own beloved one. Your dear old man will give you these lines before you go to bed. It is terrible to have to let you go off all alone, knowing that worries are awaiting you. But our dear friend Philippe will be near you and help you answering Wilhelm's questions. Be friendly and severe, that he realizes he dare not joke with you, and that he learns to respect you and be afraid of you. That is the chief thing. How I wish I were with you. July 23rd. My own sweet one. We three breakfasted at nine o'clock in my sitting room, then Sergei went to Aunt Marie, and Ella and I sat together until we went to the cottage. Your poor mamma turned up with a colossal pile of unanswered telegrams. We drove round the Alexander Park, and during that time Ella assailed me about our friend. I remained very quiet and gave dull answers, especially after she said she wanted to get to the bottom of it. She has heard many very unfavorable things about him, and that he is not to be trusted. I did not ask what one said. I explained that it all came from jealousy and inquisitiveness. 
She said such secrecy had been spun around it. I said no, that we did everything openly, and that in our positions there never can be anything hidden, as we live under the eyes of the whole world. That their whole house knows him. He eats with all, is not hidden. Did we see him often? Yes, several times. I stuck to the story of the remedy. She finds it funny, a foreigner doing such a thing. About Nicolasha, I said that in bygone days, spiritism interested him, that he has dropped it a long time ago, so that the conversation never took that turn, which might have been more difficult to explain to her. She thinks Melitza and Stana made too much of a secret, that he had been sent for in winter, I think then, from a sure, trustworthy source. I never asked who, and that one had tried to hush it up. I am sure my answers are most unsatisfactory to her. Let's hope that she won't begin again. I shall continue my letter later. Sweetest love. Xenia to Aprak, August 19th, 1902. Alexandria. Dear Aprak, We have all felt so terribly disappointed since yesterday. Can you imagine anything so awful? It seems poor Alex isn't pregnant after all. For nine months she had nothing, then suddenly it came, but completely normally, without any pain. The day before yesterday, Dr. Ott saw her for the first time and confirmed that there was no pregnancy, but that luckily everything internally was all right. He says that such cases do happen and are caused by anemia. It's so awful. We can't think about anything else. How terrible for them painful and sad. All that long, tiresome waiting has ended in nothing. I can just imagine what they will start saying when it becomes known, and in order to avoid all the false rumors, I decided to write to you so that you should know the truth. She informed Mama herself and cried terribly. After breakfast, I went with Mama to see the poor thing and found her in a very sad mood, although she talks about it with great acceptance. Apart from the personal sorrow and disappointment, what a blow it must have been to their pride. Mama used the opportunity to speak frankly to Nicky about Philippe. She told him everything she had on her heart, but unfortunately only received rather vague explanations. Although, he said all the rumors were very much exaggerated and so on. I am glad for Mama that she at last spoke out, but the result of their conversation was not satisfactory. Please write to me. I embrace you warmly and send my best wishes. I hope you are feeling better now. Love, Xenia. Xenia to Aprak, August 20th, 1902. Alexandria. Just a few words, dear Aprak, in addition to yesterday. This morning, Alex had a minor miscarriage. If it could be called a miscarriage at all. That is to say, a tiny ovule came out. Yesterday evening she had pains, and at night, too. By morning it was all over when this event happened. Now, at last, it will be possible to make an announcement, and tomorrow a bulletin will be published in the papers with information about what happened. At last, a natural way out of this unfortunate situation has been found. Mom and I talked to them both today about Philippe. I felt very much relieved, but unfortunately, they once again failed to explain anything. They were only surprised that everyone seems to think they are trying to conceal their friendship with Philippe when they never had any intention of keeping it a secret. Nevertheless, the mystery remains, 
We still haven't found out exactly what he is. They said he is a very modest man and that it is pleasant to talk to him as he has such understanding and says things which do one good. <laughs> All the same, it's good at least that the ice is broken. <laughs> Xenia. Nikita Alex, August 29th, 1902, Rishkovo. My own beloved wifey. I begin this letter a few hours before Kursk, so as to finish it this evening. The train shakes a little, so you must excuse my bad writing. Sweet lovey mine, how sad and how hard it was saying goodbye yesterday. I felt I could not speak to you during the last moments for fear of bursting into tears. Knowing that I was leaving you all alone after such trying circumstances and with Ella too made me more miserable than ever. I mean, this separation is the most painful one we have had. I don't know, but I feel so quiet before arriving there. That is the fulfillment of our friend Philippe's promise. I tried to pray very fervently last night and this morning, and that has also brought comfort to the soul. God bless you, my darling, and our sweet children. Misha kisses you very lovingly. I shall write every day. Ever your own loving and devoted, Nikki. Senior to Aprak, August 31st, 1902, Sebastopol. Dear Aprak, I am no longer in any doubt that what happened to Alex was suggestion, although they themselves are unaware of it. However, she did admit to her sister that she prayed with Philippe on one occasion. It's all so strange and frightening, and God knows how it will all end. I'm afraid that their friendship and association with these people will continue, and everything will remain as before, and we will look like fools. However, we are not going to remain silent any longer— although we have to go about it in the right way, which is not easy. They have completely fallen under his influence. There are many things I could tell, only I don't want to write about it. Oh, goodbye, my dear Aprak. I embrace you warmly. My husband sends his regards. Your Xenia. After the end of Alex's pregnancy, much of the family grew concerned with Monsieur Philippe's influence. In 1903, Philippe was exposed as a charlatan, and his relationship with the Tsar and Tsaritsa quickly deteriorated. In November, Alex and Nikki's young niece Elizabeth suddenly died of typhoid while visiting. Though 1903 ended with yet another tragedy for the family, 1904 brought hope once again. Kaiser Wilhelm to Nikki, November 7th, 1903, Neues Palais, Potsdam. Dearest Nikki, it is impossible for me to pass over the sudden and tragic death of that sweet little sunshine without sending you just a word to tell you how deeply I feel for you all in this sad affair. It is really very difficult to realize the fact that the darling child is no more among us. How joyous and merry she was that day at Volsgarden when I was there, so full of life and fun and health, and to think that one shall never see her again in this world. What a terrible, heart-rending blow for Ernie who doted and adored that little enchantress. May heaven give him power to bear up under such a blow. With best love for Alex, I remain ever your true and devoted friend and cousin, Willie. 
Alex to Nikki, June 26, 1904, Peterhof. My own beloved precious one. It's with a sorrowing heart I see you go, but you are doing your duty, and you remember he said I must never be a reason to keep you from traveling in the country and the people seeing you, and the dear men will be happy to show themselves to you before leaving, and you will feel happier after bidding them goodbye yourself, I am quite sure. I have no right to grumble, and I don't really, only I feel sad, cannot help loving you so awfully. You fill up my whole life, my thoughts and all. I shall eagerly await your daily telegram. A word from you brings such joy to the lonely wifey. How I shall look forward to next Saturday. God grant by then I shall have you safely in my arms again. I have your tiny as a comforter inseparably in me, but it makes me long for you all the more. Old wifey wants huzzy dear to rest upon. Ever stronger, deeper, purer does my love grow, sweet Nicky mine. You are a love wheeling me still this morning in my armchair. I shall miss our nice afternoons very, very much. This has been an episode of The Tsar and Tsaritsa, a product of the Milburn Stone Theater at Cecil College, produced and edited by William Bryant. This episode features the voices of Angela Marie Teague, Reiner Prohaska, Emma Romeo, Christine Seisler, Regina Rose, Joseph Marino, and Tom Worthington. For more details, please visit milburnstone.com.